Hey everybody, welcome back to the Liberty on Fire podcast. This is your host, Libertarian Tony. And let me just say something right off the bat. This is a knock-your-socks-off podcast. This is going to, I guess, blow everything out of the park from everything you've been seeing on all the different news channels and all the other podcasts and articles you've been reading on the whole impeachment thing and 2016 election and Ukraine. I did my best to go through, I guess, as many kind of different sources as I could find and uh, kind of put together kind of a summary of what I think that has been going on so that now I can bring you all up to speed. So the podcast released earlier today was just kind of a little quick political update, but now I think I'm ready to do, I guess, my full take on everything that's been going on with the impeachment and, you know, part of the whole Russia collusion thing. I mean, this is all connected. Okay, so let me see. Some details uh, that I'm going to talk about today are going to be on the FBI-CIA involvement, the Ukrainian collection, or sorry, the Ukrainian connection to the 2016 election, and we'll talk about the whistleblower. So I guess maybe I'll start... And I'll go in reverse order. We'll start with the whistleblower first, because I think it'll become pretty evident pretty quickly that he really isn't a whistleblower at all. And then we'll do Ukraine, and then we'll do the whole duping of the FBI by the CIA. And I think through some of this, you'll be able to see how the DNC, that's the Democratic National Committee, was involved all the way through. Okay, so let's get started. I guess this whole story for me is really about a CIA deep state operation by the intelligence community, uh, holdovers from the Obama and Bush administrations, and of course, leadership Democrats, to try to remove a sitting president who wasn't going along with the plan to keep the American empire going around the world. Remember, when Trump called the Iraq war a lie and he said that he wanted to end the wars in the Middle East. Also remember how Trump destroyed Jeb Bush in the Republican primary and how he destroyed Hillary in the election. This is the payback. This is the insurance policy. So, so far, the whistleblower reported by a great investigative journalist, Paul Sperry. Supposedly, this guy's name is Eric Charamella. Okay, so that's what we're going to go with, because I don't know who it is, so I'll just go with this Charamella guy. Okay, so Eric Charamella. So what do we know about him? Well, we already know that he did not have direct knowledge of the July 25th phone call between President Trump and the Ukrainian President Zelensky, but he's still somehow a whistleblower. All right, I don't get that one. So Charamella also contacted one of Adam Schiff's staff members prior, okay, prior to filing his complaint on August 12th. So he also probably spoke with Schiff himself, but he'll never admit that. Anyway, first, I don't know if you remember, Adam Schiff said there was no meeting between this whistleblower and him or his staff, and then he came out and said, oh yeah, there was a meeting between the whistleblower and my staff. Okay, anyway, so... Who did Charmella give his complaint to? Well, it turns out that when Charmella filed this kind of whistleblower complaint, 
he filed it with an inspector general that was the lawyer for the guy who approved the FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign in 2016. Well, isn't that something? Okay, also, recently, two of Charamella's colleagues from the National Security Council were hired by Adam Schiff this year, one of whom is this Sean Misko person and was just hired in August. Okay, so coincidental? Maybe, maybe not. What else? Well, this Charmella guy is a registered Democrat. He is a CIA analyst who specializes in Russia and Ukraine, and he ran the Ukraine desk at the National Security Council in 2016. He was, I guess, put on this National Security Council in the summer of 2015, and he worked for National Security Advisor Susan Rice under the Obama administration. He also worked for former Vice President Joe Biden when he served as Obama administration's point man for Ukraine. Hmm. He also worked with CIA Director John Brennan. He was posted to the National Security Council in the White House, uh, West Wing, in mid-2017. And then, amongst a bunch of concerns about you know, leaks to the media, he was let go from there, and then he returned to CIA headquarters in Langley. Okay. Charamella also worked with this Ukrainian-American lawyer and, you know, Democratic National Committee activist, uh, Chalupa. Her name is Alexandra Chalupa, in 2016, and she was hired specifically to dig up dirt on Trump. Okay, and this was before the 2016 election. Okay, so you got this pro-Hillary Chalupa, a DNC contractor who has worked with the Clinton administration and has held various staff positions for Democratic lawmakers. And we have documents to confirm that this researcher, she attended at least one White House meeting with Charamella in November of 2015. She visited the White House with a number of Ukrainian officials lobbying the Obama administration for aid for Ukraine. There are also records that show Biden's office invited Charamella to an October 2016 uh, luncheon with the vice president hosted for Italian Prime Minister uh, Matteo Renzi. So some other guests that were there. Well, you have John Brennan, as well as FBI Director James Comey. Then you ha- and then you have uh, James Clapper was there. So... You can you kind of see how all these deep staters who all hate Trump are still all connected somehow. So does this person, Charmella, does he actually sound like a whistleblower? Or does he sound more like a CIA Trump-hating plant? I mean, this is the mini-me version of John Brennan. And then you have to think of the narrative. So Trump says that he wants to investigate the investigators and starts asking about Biden and the DNC election meddling with Ukraine and the deep state uh, and the Democratic politicians freak out. And a CIA officer who worked with Biden, this Charmella guy, and he worked with the Democratic National Committee contractor Chalupa, he files a whistleblower complaint shortly after, right? It was about a month. So the phone call happened in July. Then he took some time to meet with Adam Schiff's staff and he filed a complaint in August. Okay, that's what we're up to. All right, 
again, given Charmella's rise throughout the Obama, I guess, administration intelligence community, all evidence points to him being a spy, right? A John Brennan plant to watch Trump. Now, perhaps the whistleblower could have been worried that Trump was getting, you know, maybe a little too close to uncovering democratic links to Ukraine's interference in the 2016 election. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what Barr and John Durham find out in this whole, I guess, Spygate thing and Russiagate investigation. And I guess the race is on, right, between the impeachment of Donald Trump and this whole investigation of the investigators. Who's going to win, Trump or the deep state? Okay, so let's go on. But you say, I still don't get the Ukrainian connection. Okay, well, you have to remember that Obama and Hillary just overthrew a democratically elected leader in the Ukraine in 2014. Yes, this was another coup initiated by the U.S. government. This was to replace a Putin-friendly leader with a U.S.-friendly leader. And it was a bloody mess. Anyway, now you have a foreign government right next to Putin who is now very friendly with Hillary and U.S. leadership. And the point person here for the Ukraine is Eric Charamella, right? He's supposed to be some sort of Ukrainian expert with the CIA. And the other point person is Chalupa. Chalupa is an American-Ukrainian citizen. I think she was born in Ukraine, but now uh, lives and works throughout the U.S. Okay, she was hired by the Democratic National Committee. So these two are having meetings in the White House with Biden and Hillary and figuring out a way to dig up dirt and hurt Trump. Okay, so one of their plans was to go after Manafort, a Trump advisor, and then also go after Trump himself. So at this point, you can say, oh, Tony, it sounds like a bunch of hogwash. I don't know where you're getting all this from. Well, and I'll put some stuff in the show notes for you. There are records. So there's a senior Ukrainian law enforcement official who released financial records in the spring and summer of 2016 from an investigation into Trump campaign chairman uh, Paul Manafort, right, about his lobbyist activities. And the publicity from this, right, the so-called Black Ledger documents, that forced Manafort to resign. And then the FBI went after him, and they got him on a technicality, and now he's in jail. Okay, but that started, or at least initiated, what they needed in order to put together a case for a FISA warrant. All right, how else did Ukraine interfere? Well, you have the Ukraine ambassador to the U.S. in August of 2016. I think this is uh, Valerie Chali. He wrote an op-ed in The Hill criticizing the uh, GOP nominee Donald Trump about his views on Russia about three months before Election Day. So why would a Ukrainian ambassador to the U.S. do that? Right, maybe they just got paid off by this influx of money from Biden and wanting to keep good relations with the future president of the United States, Hillary Clinton. Maybe they wanted to be on her good side. So they came out and put a hit piece out on Trump three months before the election. Okay, think about that. Okay, now let's shift a little bit. You have this uh, New York Times article from about two weeks ago talking about Barr's review of the Russia probe now becoming a criminal investigation headed by this lawyer, John Durham. 
So that's a huge step, right? Because now you can have a grand jury that can be convened and criminal indictments can happen. And so the theme I want you to keep in the back of your mind in the background here is that the FBI and James Comey were lied to by John Brennan and the CIA in order to investigate Trump and the Trump campaign. Remember, the CIA is not allowed to operate on U.S. soil, right? They're not allowed, they're not allowed to spy on U.S. citizens in the U.S., but the FBI is. So if Obama's and Hillary Clinton's buddy, John Brennan, wants to spy on a U.S. citizen such as Trump, well, then he's thinking, okay, how am I going to get this done? I know, I'll tell the FBI that we have evidence of Russia's collusion in this upcoming 2016 election, and that it appears to be linked to the Trump campaign. This was the only way to legally spy on Trump and potentially hurt Trump before the election and put an insurance plan in place if he got elected. So your next question is, well, how did John Brennan and the CIA do this? Well, now enter Joseph Misfood. Okay, who the hell is Joseph Misfood? Well, he is a CIA asset, and his mission was to go to George Papadopoulos, who was one of Trump's advisors, and to say he had damaging information on Hillary Clinton. And at some point, then, George Papadopoulos went to the FBI to report this, and the FBI wanted George to wear a wire to get Ms. Food on tape. This was a big setup by John Brennan and the CIA. John Brennan knew in August of 2016 that Fusion GPS was hired by the DNC to write this Steele dossier, which really isn't from Christopher Steele, but from a, a Democratic political hack, Glenn Simpson. He knew about this, and he kept it quiet from the FBI. When the FBI went to get a FISA court judge to get a wiretap and the spying okay on the Trump campaign, John Brennan had to pretend this was from Christopher Steele so the FBI would take it seriously. Now, Steele was already a trusted FBI asset or a source. And John Brennan knew that if the dossier came from Steele, then it carried water. And there was no way that a dossier written by Glenn Simpson, a political hack, was going to get the FBI to do anything to investigate Trump. In fact, there's a Facebook post, which has now been erased, by Glenn Simpson's wife in June 24th of 2017, where she said, Let's be clear. Glenn conducted the investigation. Glenn hired Chris Steele. Chris Steele worked for Glenn. She posted this in a moment of pride over her husband's effort to try to take down Trump. Glenn Simpson is a paid political hack, and the FBI would never have trusted this source, and that's why they needed Steele. So this Steele-Simpson dossier also talked about a bank in Russia that had a connection with the Trump Tower. And now, how do we tie in the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, the same DNC that colluded with Hillary to take down Bernie Sanders? How do we tie them in here? Well, a DNC lawyer also fed similar information to an FBI lawyer at the same time. So why would a DNC lawyer know about this? Well, if you remember, of course, the DNC paid Fusion GPS for the Steele-Simpson dossier. Okay, now let's get back to Ms. Food. So the FBI questioned George Papadopoulos about Ms. Food and asked him to wear a wire. Now, why would the FBI ask 
Papadopoulos to wear wire if Miss Food was working with the IPI. Well, he wasn't. He was working with the CIA, and the FBI did not know that. He was a John Brennan CIA plant in order to mislead the FBI in order to start an investigation on this Trump campaign. Okay, so once again, John Brennan misled the FBI about Steele. John Brennan misled the FBI about Miss Food. And we have Lisa Page, an FBI lawyer. In fact, she, when she testified, she said that the FBI wasn't aware if the CIA had info, you know, the dossier, before the FBI did. And Peter Strzok, he was a lead FBI investigator. We have one of his emails. And the email said, I'm beginning to think that the agency, you know, the CIA, had information earlier than I thought. So was the FBI duped by the CIA? Yep. And are they guilty too? Yes, they are. So why do I say the FBI is also guilty? Well, it's pretty clear that by January or February of 2017, they knew Christopher Steele was a fraud, right? They knew that whole thing was a hoax, the Steele dossier. Yet, they continued the investigation. James Comey kept it going. He kept the whole Russia collusion investigation going on this hoax dossier. So yeah, the FBI is guilty as well. Okay, so there's a whole bunch of background hoaxes going on, right? You have the Russia collusion hoax, and then you have the Mueller report hoax, when, of course, there was never ever going to be any real evidence of Trump collusion because it was all made up. And then you have this new Ukraine spygate hoax. But it's all one big hoax, just in different phases. This is really all about people who hate Trump, and they want him out. They wanted Hillary as president. And although they would love to hurt Trump and see him lose in 2020, now what most of them want is just to protect themselves from Durham and Barr. They don't want their involvement exposed. The DNC and key Democrats were involved in this in 2016, starting with the first hoax, right? The Russia collusion hoax. They illegally spied on a presidential candidate. They came up with this fake dossier and sent that to a FISA court judge to get the approval to spy on Trump in the campaign. And then the Mueller probe was a way of stifling Trump for a couple years. And they hoped it would last longer and find, you know, some evidence to get him on. And when it turned out to be a bust, then Trump started feeling a little vindicated. And he said, well, we're going to investigate the investigators. And that's when they all shit in their pants. And they needed another way to go at Trump. So that's where we get this new Ukraine spygate hoax. So all the involved parties want to protect their butts and their friends and remain in power. Some heads could seriously roll here, and people like Brennan could go to jail for life. So that's why we have such a full-court press on this last-ditch effort to stifle Trump and hurt him so he doesn't get reelected in 2020. Now, you don't think these politicians and, I guess, intelligence operatives actually care about national security, do you? About aid to the Ukraine. No, I mean, they could care less about this, right? And you know they could care less as evidenced by Joe Biden's threat of withholding aid to the Ukraine when Burisma and Hunter Biden were under an investigation in 2015. Because if these politicians really cared, then Joe Biden never would have had that quid pro quo with the uh, 
Ukrainian government in 2015, right? All these people care about is power, their power, being able to remain where they are at the top of the political food chain. That's all they care about. It's all about them. It's not about national security or caring about our democracy or the Constitution. It's not about caring about the citizens or the voters. It never is. These people use the almighty power of the general government to enrich themselves and maintain and increase their power and control over everything. Why do you think they want to keep Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning in jail? It's because they exposed their dirty little illegal secrets. And what do you think will happen to Snowden if he ever came back and faced trial? He'd be killed or put in jail for life, right? These people want to send a message to anybody who leaks information, damaging information about all the illegal crap they're up to. They can't have people exposing the way government really works. How the government and the CIA just do whatever it wants, no matter who is in power. This whole show trial of an impeachment is just another kind of somewhat clever way of duping the American people into thinking they care about justice when it's all just sleight-of-hand magic getting you to look in one direction while attempting a coup of an elected U.S. president right in front of your eyes. So I hope I did an okay job summing all that up for you guys. I mean, it's actually quite complicated. And it's not exactly like I can just call up John Brennan and be like, hey, uh, can you verify a few things for me? I mean, these people are going to do whatever they can to try to keep this story from coming out. They're going to fight Trump, uh, I guess, as much as they can up until the next election. I think if Trump wins, then they actually are pretty screwed. Then some people will probably end up in jail. But you can imagine if Trump loses, then none of these people are going to go to jail. And the whole power struggle will shift back towards the CIA, towards you know, the deep state and the military-industrial complex, and life will go on. And the United States will continue to sell weapons to every country around the world if they can. They'll start fights between uh, countries and then sell weapons to both sides. They'll continue to initiate coups around the world and put their dirty little fingerprints all over all the chaos that you can see popping up from ocean to ocean. This is what the United States does now. It's about imperialism. Some of the war hawks believe that, well, if the United States controls everything, well, then there won't be any more war, maybe, right? Maybe they believe that if we can tell everybody what to do all the time, then nobody's a threat to us anymore. Well, that's actually the furthest from the truth, right? Nobody wants to be ruled over by other people. I mean, the best evidence of that is Afghanistan. And through thousands of years of war, these people have never been conquered. Nobody trusts a foreign invader. Nobody wants you there to tell them what to do. They want to do their own thing. Whether you think it's right or wrong is a whole different story. Anyway, I hope this helps, and hopefully I'll be featured on all the major news stations now. And don't worry, I'll continue to update you as I learn more and piece things together, and I plan to keep up the good fight. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty, and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. 
The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. Thank you.